Today, we talk about the true value of going to conferences, what small events even regular bloggers can put on and host, and why networking is critical to success. Yes, even for you. Next on Making Bacon. Hey there, I'm Jason Logston, and this is Making Bacon. We're all about helping you serve your fans, grow your income, and get the most out of your blog. Today's episode is brought to you by Kathy Hester's latest webinar. You may already know Kathy from her 10 vegan cookbooks, her lives on Facebook and YouTube, her live cooking classes, the speaking she does at conferences. But now, did you know she's also teaching others how to utilize live video to create stronger communities and grow their audiences? Have you been avoiding trying live video because you are camera shy? That was me for about five or six years before I got into it. Maybe you're reluctant to add one more thing to your to-do list. You know, what we are all lacking is time. But in Grow Your Business with Live Video, even if you are shy or reluctant, Kathy goes over simple ways to get out of your head and just get started. She will explain her favorite way to practice that builds confidence fast and gets you camera ready. I know Kathy personally. She not only knows live video inside and out, but she's also generous with her information and great to work with. So I do highly recommend checking her out. You can still catch the replay of her free webinar through either my affiliate link at makethatbacon.com slash Kathy webinar or direct through kathyhester.com. So if you've been considering doing live video, check that out because it is a great way to connect with your audience. And Kathy makes it easy to kind of get over those mental hurdles of doing it and some of the the technological hurdles. And remember, you can join us live every Thursday when we record these episodes. You can ask the guests questions. You can talk to the other bloggers in the comments, and you can even see our smiling faces. So join us Thursdays at makethatbacon.com slash live or search for Making Bacon on your favorite podcast platform. Now, on to the show. Blogging often feels like a solitary, online-only pursuit. But from going to trade shows, conferences, and events, I met people who got me my first sponsored post deal, my first speaking opportunity, my first blogging mastermind invite, and my first hands-on cooking class at a real culinary institute. I found a partner for a webinar I hosted. I made connections with several of the largest brands in the sous vide niche, which eventually allowed me to launch my own conference. And all of this was from connections made directly through those types of events. But going to events, and especially hosting events, can be intimidating. But luckily, today's guests are the perfect people to help us out. They are part of the team behind the premier food blogger and content creator conference, Tastemaker Conference. Joining us is the founder of Tastemaker Conference, as well as the founder of The Butter Half, a food and wellness blog that combines gluten-free recipes, herbal cooking, and holistic nutrition and wellness education for the whole family. She's also the co-author of a forthcoming cookbook on herbal wellness, Root and Nourish, which is now available for pre-order at major book retailers. Also joining us will be the sponsor director at Tastemaker Conference and the bubbly personality behind this vivacious life. She is a food and entertaining blogger, the co-author of Gluten-Free on a Budget, and as someone with celiac disease, led the charge in hosting celiac awareness nights with MLB and NBA teams around the nation raising money for research. So please help me welcome Abby Rodriguez and Chandice Probst from Tastemaker Conference. Abby, Chandice, welcome. Thank you. Hello. So happy to be here. I can't wait to dive into building businesses through conferences, how to host conferences and different events. Before we get started, I always like to ask, what is it like around your dinner table on a typical day? Chandis, why don't we start with you? Yes. So I have five little ones under the age of 12. So it's loud and messy and crazy, but also fun and warm and comforting so it's just a big meal i do remember one time as i was starting blogging i would take pictures of our own meals and i remember my kids sitting there looking at their food and i said okay eat go ahead and they're like we're just waiting for you to take a picture (laughs) (laughs) the trade-off every blogger can relate to right the keeping the family happy while and serving warm food while still trying to get decent photos yes so that's yeah just everyday life How do you manage everyone's schedules with so many children and everything going on? That must be crazy. It is crazy. I have an incredible partner and husband. He is actually a software developer. 
And so he helps manage the backside of my blog, but then he works on his own as well. And he works from home. So many times I'll be knock, 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 come here. And he's like, don't interrupt me. But uh, <laughs> he's a great helper and just trying to just trying to balance and, and really regiment my time. That's awesome. My, my background is actually in software development as well. So that's a nice, uh, nice thing we share. We've been trying to figure out where we know each other. Maybe it was a software development conference 10 years ago. Who knows? That's right. <laughs> He's my little smarty pants. He graduated from Princeton. So. Abby, what's your general dinner table look like? You know, it's different than Chandice's because she is like the best cook ever. Like Chandice is the queen of entertaining and just making things beautiful and delicious and comfy. Mine is more because I'm more into health and wellness. So I'm like, okay, here's a salad. And all my boys are like, oh, I don't want to eat more vegetables. So, <laughs> you know, it looks a little different, but. You know, we like to try to get around the table as much as we can, just because I think that's that's what's important to me is is the connection that food creates and fosters. So I have three little boys, and so it's fun. It's fun to get around at the table and making them talk because sometimes they just are just one word answers. So it's a good way to connect. I feel like when people are coming and going, a lot of times you get those one word answers, but when you're forced mm -hmm. to actually sit down for 30 or 60 minutes and there's nowhere you can go, you start getting into those kind of better conversations of, oh, this did come up and it's giving us something to talk about now. Totally. I have a few people join us in the comments. We got uh, my parents who help run the amazing Food Made Easy and the Make and Bacon sites with us uh, saying hi from Philly. They also help keep the commenters in line. The The food bloggers are a little better behaved than the sous vide commenters. <laughs> so this is their their easy one until our, our 3.30 podcast with them. Then we got Mike Lachardi says, hey, looking forward to this. He's the my co-founder at the International Sous Vide Association. So he heard conference planners were coming on. That's his background. So I know he was very excited. And if others are joining us, please say hi in the comments and feel free to ask any questions you have and I will pass them on. Since we're going to be diving into a discussion on how bloggers can really jumpstart their businesses and their blogs by taking advantage of conferences and events, I want to start by talking about your event, the Tastemaker Conference that is coming up in April. What type of audience is Tastemaker directed towards? Yeah, so I'll take this one. Tastemaker is for everybody. We we target, you know, advanced bloggers all the way to people who are new and, and looking to to start a blog because they've been inspired by other people or they have a love and passion for cooking. And so we've really honed in our brand values, which are community education and experience, so that when people come, like you said at the beginning, you know. Food blogging can be really isolating and solitary and just the community that we foster there as well. Kind of like at our kitchen tables, it's an extension of that, right? Where it's like, oh, I, I see you on the internet. Oh, I know you, I know your blog. Oh, I know your Instagram handle. It's funny when we first meet people because you refer to them as their Instagram handle, but it's just so fun to be able to put a face to a name and connect that way. So yeah, we serve everybody. We try to cater the content to all different levels, but you know, the, the big North star for us is really fostering that sense of community. And you started off as a in-person conference, is that correct? And now you've, as like a lot of us, been forced to go virtual going into this year? Yes. Yeah. So we started in 2018 was our first event. And so we've been able to have two in-person events as well as smaller masterminds and workshops. But yeah, with COVID happening, it caused us, like you said, everyone else to realign, you know, how can we grow and scale our business and make it more accessible, you know, for people online? Because it was it was a really good eye-opening experience for us too, to realize, you know, there's people that might have accessibility issues or even just like the financial obligation, I think that goes into going to an event can sometimes be a barrier to entry. And so that's just a really great way for us to expand our community and be more inclusive. So now we will be doing a, a virtual conference uh, once a year and then our in-person one with a mix of other um, smaller in-person events throughout the year. So it's really grown and it, it's going to continue to grow. And we're just so excited for the future of it and just welcome everybody. We want everybody to be a part of our Tastemaker family. A lot of people, I think, that aren't in conferences view it as go having to go virtual was a big, you know, kind of step down and things like that. And we had a big response similar to what yours did. All of our fans of the International Sous Vide Association that are in Australia were like, yes, we got to go to the conference mm -hmm. this year. The people from Thailand were like, hey, we can actually come. And even people that just couldn't drop 
you know, our conference was going to be in San Francisco. They couldn't mm-hmm. drop a thousand dollars and you yep. know, pick up for an entire weekend. And yeah. so they're very excited. And we also made the same decision that it's now we're going to do a virtual conference. And then when things get back to normal, we will do one virtual and one in person to give those opportunities to people that can't always travel all the time. I love that. It's so great how some of life's most challenging things help you pivot to support and unify our world and unify our community. What are some other good ways that you've found to take advantage of that virtual space to deliver value or get more people included? Yeah, so we're really big on making sure the platform that we use can replicate the in-person feeling. So I think that has been the number one priority for us because we really rely on connecting bloggers to brands or food content creators in general because we don't just have just food bloggers. We have YouTubers. We have people who are exclusively doing their own sorts of content creation, whatever that looks like. So we cover a range of that. But you know, having that access to the brands, I think is is really important to be able to make those in-person connections. And so, you know, f- being able to facilitate that virtually has been a really important part of, of making that shift, as well as still being able to create that community aspect of, you know, how do we set up breakout rooms? How do we still get people interacting with each other? Because like you've, you know, we've established, that's why people go to events and the conferences is to network. So that has been the big hurdle, but we have such great technology now and people are being innovative in creating these platforms to allow us to do that. Can I ask what platform you use yes. um, from a technology standpoint? Yeah, yeah, and we're happy to help promote them because they're they're new and they're building this out. It's Attendify and they have, so it's just attendify.com and they've built out a really beautiful, functional, easy to use, easy to access, streamlined process. And you can go all the way from registration through, people can access the content for a year after. It's laid out beautifully and we've had a lot of really good feedback from our tastemaker family lifers who have been with us since the beginning who said, you know, I could feel the magic of Tastemaker when we hosted it last September, you know, so it's, it's a really great platform for anybody who's looking to do a larger scale virtual conference like that. There is so much technology out there that it's hard to like, you know, what do you need for your specific mm-hmm. event? We do monthly conferences, sous vide showcases. We get together with have five to 10 chefs or home cooks provide demos. And we show those for a free showcase. That's like two or three hours long. That's emceed live. And we bring some of them up for a Q and A's, mm-hmm. but like, that's a very different experience and needs different technology than doing a virtual conference. Mm-hmm. And our conference is a few hundred people, but that's very different than like, the National Restaurant Association doing their virtual conference, which is 50,000 people, right. or however many show up for that. Mm-hmm. So it's yep. always hard finding what you actually need and don't need. Yeah. And Attendify is, I would say, I mean, they can go up to, oof, I, I don't want to misquote anything, but I don't think they do super large scale like that. Mm-hmm. But for, you know, smaller events up to, you know, a couple thousand people. It's really great. And I feel like the other thing too, is it's really affordable, especially for people who are wanting to do maybe something on the smaller scale and make it high quality and high end. But, you know, some of these platforms are costing, you know, tens and thousands of dollars that it's just not really sustainable from a business standpoint in terms of what you can charge and offer for admission and whatnot. Um, One thing with our in-person conference, we always, the magic of Tastemaker is everything to us. It's kind of like grownups going to Disneyland, right? We go to Disneyland of food blogging. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. And one of my jobs, which is my favorite thing, and Abby knows this, is creating that magic. And so always create, I like to organize and put together the excursions that we do, putting together all of those kinds of things. So when we moved to virtual, I was like, what? That's my favorite part. So I thought, okay, what can we do? Can we still do a virtual excursion? Yes, we can. It may not be at the farm, but it's going to be amazing. And we did. It was so fun. Our presenting title sponsor is All Recipes this year. And they we had them come on after. So after the day's conference, they came on in the evening and they taught. They did cocktail making and they did a cooking class and everyone was there and making in their kitchen with them. And it was so fun. And the conversation that was happening in the comments, everyone's like, cheers drink to this or I'm loving this and it was so fun and as virtual as much as you could possibly feel it virtually you could feel the magic of our excursions and and everyone was laughing and letting loose and having fun and so to replicate that virtually was phenomenal for for me especially because that's my favorite part Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I love having the, the, those interactions are what I love about conferences and what a lot of people love. And it's trying to do things like that, that get the attendees involved, that get you activities that you can connect with other people attending that are attending there or the other brands that are there. It's such a, a valuable aspect of helping kind of grow your network, which is something that I think is huge as a blogger. Absolutely. What's your what's your theme this year for Tastemaker? I have one or two more Tastemaker questions, and then we'll dive into helping everyone move their blogs forward. But I, you have a great conference that I have not attended yet, and I've heard amazing things from everyone that I have has ever mentioned it. And so I'm, I'm very curious to dive into some of this. Yeah. So for this one, it's finding clarity, purpose, and efficiency. So the pathway to success as a food blogger. So it's more of this spring cleaning type of vibe. Like, let's get real about what you can and can't do. Because I think one of the biggest misconceptions when people are food blogging, whether they're starting out or even when you're in the trenches and you're in the middle of your food blogging career, but there's pieces still missing, is a lot of times we just need to get really clear on our focus and let go of certain things and let go of those things that no longer serve you. And so the purpose of this upcoming one in April, which is April 9th and 10th, is to do that. And so we're identifying, you know, different classes and ways, the content that can help people figure out what's for me, identifying your zone of genius, how to really um, lean into your SEO and do your own self audit and clean it up. And Jason's actually going to be speaking <laughs> and, you know, just learning like what products that, that you can lean into that work for you and what you're doing. And, you know, just a whole, a whole list of things we are going to be covering different topics from SEO and tech to content creation, to revenue growth, you know, just the, the hallmark tenants and pillars of, of food blogging success. I think what you, one of the most important things you just said there is helping food bloggers find clarity. Cause I feel like that is such a, a struggle for people at all levels, but especially when people are getting started, they go to conferences and you hear, you know, the YouTube expert, the podcasting expert, the cookbook expert, and you come back and you go, I can't do all of that. And you forget that mm -hmm. none of them do all that, but they, they know where they're trying to go and they've leaned into that. And if you know that you want to be a cookbook author, you probably want to build your blog differently than if you know you want a food network show or if you want to be a brand ambassador or if you want to do you know food photography for people like you build your blog differently and you focus on different things to achieve your goals but if you don't know where you're trying to get to it's hard to focus and prioritize absolutely we have Mike in the comments says, Jason speaking, I'm out. I appreciate that, Mike. <laughs> Always the support. And Casey Marquis says, hey, it's three of my uh, favorite people. Best wishes from SoCal. Hopping on an audit call, but wanted to say hi. Stay safe out there. Casey will also be speaking. Nice. He's Casey's always great. there. I feel like that's generally a good, good philosophy. Right. If it's SEO related, just hand it to Casey. Or comic book related or bacon related. I feel like or like beer related. I feel yeah. like he's got a lot of random hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be there. Casey will be there. Any other speakers that you have locked in that you're ready to announce? Yeah. So Megan Porta from Eat, Eat Blog Talk will also be there. And then we have all recipes will be joining us as well. A few of our sponsor speakers. But yeah, we don't have the schedule fully locked in yet. So we will be releasing it. But it's fun to, you know, give these little sneak peek nuggets here and there where we can. And speaking of like random chains of people I met at conferences, you know, I met Cami Kilgore from Everything Food at the first Everything Food through mm -hmm. someone else I met at a conference. And then I had her on the podcast. And then I met Madison, I think, through Cami. And then I met Megan through Madison Weatherill. And then I met you through... It's, it's like the the food blogging chain, right? Yep. It's like the seven, the seven uh, degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's... <laughs> The seven degrees of the Make and Bacon podcast. You yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> trying to bring everyone, all my favorite people <laughs> together. And if people want tickets or they can find those, I have the link here at the Tastemaker. Is it Tastemaker.com? It's Tastemakerconference.com. Yes. Tastemakerconference.com. And we can, uh, yeah, you can grab tickets there. What are, what's your pricing? Yeah, so it's $49 for our virtual conferences. And so that includes... 14 live sessions and then we will have you know over five hours of content for on-demand sessions that includes one-on-one -on -one networking with sponsors with each other that includes you know two virtual excursions we also do a giveaway suite and virtual swag so like i said as much as we can try to replicate what we do in person we're doing it virtually so really i mean it's over it's well over like two thousand dollars worth of content and you have access to it for on-demand access afterwards for up to a year 
Awesome. So, and I think we're about, we're already over 50% sold out. So get your ticket now if you want to come. Don't miss out. If you wait, you might not be able to go. And then you don't get to see what Casey's up to and Megan and all the other great speakers. So are you? They, they listen to me enough as it is. We're probably <laughs> like, uh, we hear enough <laughs> out of him. <laughs> and so how did, what made you start a conference? When did you go like, you know what we should do? We should really organize an entire conference and start putting that together. Yes. Our, our origin story. This is always fun. So I've been blogging since 2010. Actually, I started as a lifestyle blog and just as a way to document my life. And it happened. So in that, that decade that marketers and brands realized, Hey, this is a new channel influencer marketing. It wasn't called influencer marketing that then yet, but you know, I started being able to make an income and realize this is a legitimate business. So I decided to niche down into the food world in 2015 when I launched The Better Half. And so, again, I was really craving that in-person connection because I had created this great community online. I'd created all these great online friends, but I'm like, I want a way to meet you. And I had actually gone to a few other just blogger conferences on a just a, a broader scale lifestyle conferences and had realized, you know, we, we should be doing this for the food blogging industry. And we really wanted to set ourselves apart as just like a smaller boutique conference that really focused on community. And we cap our events at 250 purposely because we want to create like a small feel, not a small feel, but like a really intimate feel where everybody can get to know each other. And it's not too overwhelming, like a huge expo or a trade show. And so that was our value proposition in mind when we created it. And actually, I had just started going to trade shows as a way to just work with brands to just elevate the butter half of my blog and get partnerships that way. And I ended up meeting Chandice at Expo West through a mutual blogging friend, Aaron from Meaningful Eats. And like we instantly connected and Aaron was like, I've been dying for you guys to meet. I think you, you're just like similar in a lot of ways and you're very visionary and just like like to have all the fun. And so Chandice and I have a funny joke. We're like, we don't want to do dumb stuff. We want to do fun stuff. We're very <laughs> much like the type seven ENFP if you're into personality tests or just gregarious and out there and let's go have a good time. So Chandice and I actually ended up meeting and we hit it off and she's an amazing salesperson and just like getting people excited about things. I'm like, Chandice, you have to do this with me. Come be a part of Tastemaker and own the sponsorship side of things. Be my business partner and Finally, she said yes. I feel like it was like a business proposal and Tastemaker is now like our baby. So that's kind of the origin story of that of like, and I may have, I'm on a rant now getting off topic, but like, that's just, that's how Tastemaker was started and it's grown. And we had such a huge, overwhelmingly positive response because I think people, we noticed a gap in the industry for that and people loved it and they still do. And like I said, it's been growing and we just, we keep thriving. So Chandice, I want to ask you, when people go to events, whether it's an in-person conference or a trade show, or even if you're just meeting like these brands virtually, how can a blogger pitch a brand? How do you make yourself look good? Like you just don't walk up and say like, hey, you know, my rates are a thousand dollars per post. Like how do you, how do you create this conversation that feels natural, especially if you're coming from someone like me that's generally introverted and doesn't like approaching strangers. How do you go about that? Yeah, well, there's a couple different ways, but I like to think of it. It's been a long time since I dated, but think about it as dating. You know, that first date is really about getting to know them and learning about more about them and showing interest in them rather than being about me, 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 right? And so it's kind of the same. And so, for example, if you're at Expo West or a big conference like that or a tastemaker and you're in our vendor area or sponsor area where you see a sponsor, what I would recommend is picking a few out that you have a connection with and thinking in your mind, okay, I want to work with American Lamb. I love them. I love their products. I buy their lamb when I'm at the grocery store and walk up and start with that and just say, Jake from American Lamb, which we always joke, Jake from State Farm because it's too close, <laughs> but Jake from American Lamb, love your products. I've actually used them in a few of my recipes on my blog. I think that the ground lamb is so great to work into this recipe and it's amazing that you could even use it in breakfast to make a sausage and really just get them excited about their products and from your perspective showing them oh this person knows what they're talking about and and kind of it's like a little pitch because you're like I've been dying to make the lamb into a 
Greek breakfast sausage. And I think it would be such a great thing. We should definitely talk more. And I think that kind of gets them excited. It sets them apart as well, because you've now given them an idea. Like we hadn't thought of that recipe for our, for that product. So, Hey, this person does have something to give us. And, and they were, they're excited about the product. That's my favorite thing to do. And that's usually what I do when I talk to brands at a conference is I don't talk to everybody. We've learned that, right, Abby, after a few years of going to Expo West, when there's how many thousands of you can't talk to everyone, you need to pick and choose. Realistically, how many partnerships could you have in the year? Maybe your your number is four, maybe your number is six. So then choose wisely those people you want to talk to. And maybe the first time you go through and you just look at who's there and then you come back and say, okay, these are the brands that resonated with me. So let me kind of plan and prepare what I'm going to say to them the next time I walk through. I'm going to go to find them specifically and chat with them. It's like going to the buffet. You can't fill up your plate the first trip through because you never know when something really good is going to be at the other end. That's right. You just get a little bit or look at everything. And then when you go back, you're like, all right, this is the good stuff. This is what I'm going to spend my time on it. And it's so much better when you do that. I've heard, we've heard from so many of our brands that they get pitched all the time with these cold emails. And so having, that's how we pitch now too with Tastemaker and things like that is we reach out and we say, oh my goodness, we love your, your dried fruit, bare fruit. We think it would be so fun to place. And we paint, that's my job. That's my job, Jason, is painting a picture, is <laughs> creating a picture for them of literally putting into their mind in my email how they're going to be involved in Tastemaker and then going, can't really say no to that. I like that, that it's kind of like this combination of one, finding brands that you believe in and you want to work with. Cause that is from my experience, that's much easier to pitch or to, after you get the job to sell and promote, you know, brands you're like, I use them anyway. I'm happy to recommend them because I have been recommending them already for two years. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you, there's never that where's that line between pitching and not you're like well I, I stand behind them and i really like what they do i think the better word instead of saying pitching it's really it's relationship building you know because we're not interested in in having partnerships with people where it's a one-time thing like, like anything in life it's all about your relationship and I, I feel like a lot of work that comes down the pipe from sponsored posts like if you get into the habit of doing one-offs there's nothing wrong with that but as soon as mm-hmm. you finish that you're then looking for the next sponsored post and looking for the next connection where if you have these brands that you do have partnerships with you can very easily send an email and say like hey you know we work with polyscience all the time so we just send mm-hmm. dave an email and say dave what do you what do you all have coming down the pipe what do you want our help with how can we work together and you hop on a call and figure it out versus having to send out 10 emails to random brands that you don't know. That's what we do as well. And we say, what are your marketing goals for 2021? And how can we help you achieve them? What can we help you do to achieve your marketing goals? Are you looking for recipe development this year? Are you looking for a community partnership? Like what kind of things can we help you do? And I've, I will tell you, I know PR brands are a little harder for bloggers to work with, but if you develop a relationship with a really good PR brand, like we work with Hunter PR and they brought on Pure Farmland last year. We did our excursions with them and now they remember us. They know what we're capable of. And same with my blog. If I work with a brand and do six partnerships for like Brianna's dressing, for example, then they'll call me and be like, okay, remember how you did that? We loved it. And now I have a new brand that wants to work and I immediately thought of you. So those brand long-term brand partnerships are everything. And figuring out what do they need? What are they trying to accomplish? And then first figuring out, can you help with that? And if so, then putting your pitch into that framework is a lot more effective than just saying, you know, hey, I can get you out on social media and get you on Instagram. And they're like, well, we don't what does care that mean? about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's not that has yeah. nothing to do with what we're trying to do. Because there is a wide range of wants from brands. Like we've had brands that all they want to do is get in front of chefs and they don't care about social media. They don't care about Instagram. They just want people that are in working in restaurants to be aware of their brand. So when the the owner of the restaurant says, what should I buy? Those chefs are going to say, well, I saw this and it's really cool. And other people just want you know, social media traffic. And I think that's a lot of bloggers get confused about how do I work with brands if I'm a small a small blogger. Like if I don't have 
50,000 or 100,000 page views or Instagram followers. Do you find that an effective way to go about kind of still working with brands if you're smaller is seeing how you can help them in that way? Yeah, I think I'll take this really quickly. I think when you're a smaller blogger, I don't think that your value proposition is maybe, hey, I can I can get you, you know, 500,000 likes on this or page views, you know, just realizing what you can and can't offer. But a lot of things that that smaller bloggers, I think, sometimes don't realize is that they still have a skill set, whether that's food photography, whether that's recipe development, whether, you know, they can become a freelance contributor on that brand's website for them. So I think it's really thinking about a mil- there's a million ways to create content, right? And and then being able to pitch that to the brand, you know, ask them, you know, what are your goals? How can I help you achieve that? But then I think also suggesting to them, because sometimes I think brands have blind spots when it comes to influencer marketing that they don't even realize or see. And so also being able to consult and offer advice and say, hey, you know what? I've noticed that you, you don't have this presence on your website, or I noticed that you have, you know, a blog where you like to have contributors creating recipes, and it hasn't been updated for a while, like I could help fill that gap for you and taking initiative that way, because I do think brands like that as well, because they're swamped with their other work, unless they have an in house team or a PR team that's actively creating campaigns for them, a lot of small brands don't. And so they also rely, I think, on influencers or teams like us at Tastemaker to actively create those campaigns for them whether it's an experiential one, which is what we specialize in at Tastemaker. We offer you know, a combination of media exposure through our blogs and, and socials, but then like that in-person experiential experience where people are interacting with their product and then sharing it on social, you know, and I think really just identifying those key areas that they might need help in. And it seems like if you have skills as well, which a lot of food bloggers have to develop over time, there are skills that you can sell to brands that don't rely on your audience size at all, whether mm-hmm. it's photography or consulting in different aspects. I feel like that's another good way that these small bloggers can work with brands that isn't about reach. It's about like you're saying, do they not have videos on their site? Are you really good at doing videos? Would they pay you to do videos for them and that they can use on their site? Like that's a great way to get in front of brands that isn't just, here's my Instagram follower account. My Barb Blogston says, it's a very important question. What did you do to your arm? I had surgery. I had some tendons and ligaments that were torn. So just, I asked them and they just said, wear and terror, just being a mama. It's all that blogging. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Too much shaking the fist at people that didn't uh, yeah. didn't agree to your brand pitches. A lot of bloggers hear about going to conferences and how valuable networking is, and it's a hugely intimidating thing for a lot of people, especially introverts. Like when I started going to conferences, I hadn't practiced my extroversion skill very much, so I was still very much shyer and much more hesitant to talk to people. What advice do you have for people that are going to an event, either in person or online? How do you meet other people without kind of feeling weird or uncomfortable doing that? I I feel like one of the best things you can do is go to that, that event's Facebook page group. So usually they always have a group where if you're coming, drop in here and chat and talk. And that's a great place, place to build relationships before the actual event and be like, oh, Sarah, you're staying at the Hilton too? Me too. We should pick up lunch. Oh, so-and-so. I've seen so much of that happen on our own Facebook community with Tastemaker Conference. And it is so great. I have to tell you that our we have a group of, they call themselves the Tastemaker OGs. So, you know, and they found each other through that, through at the conference, they got to know each other a little bit. And then they all came to one of our smaller masterminds. And those, there's, I think, a group of seven, and they talk every month. They do calls every month. They exchange links. They do. It is amazing to see the, the friendship. They built their tribe. They built their group. And it was started by simply all of them came alone. They didn't come with anybody else, but they talked in the Facebook group, and then they talked there, and then they said, okay, let's, let's do, even at the conference, to be like, hey, do you want to break out and chat about some goals that you have for 2021. I'd love to chat. It seems like we're kind of on the same page. Mm -hmm. And also too, I think if, if you're nervous about that being utilizing, like Chanda said, that Facebook group, ask questions like, Hey, where does everybody live? Or, Hey, I live here in, in DC. 
Are there any other DC bloggers here? Because I think finding that commonality and that connection automatically makes you just feel closer to people or like, hey, who's a vegan blogger or who's a gluten-free blogger and, and being or having people drop those in there. I also feel like it's our responsibility though as conference organizers to create icebre icebreaker opportunities for people, whether that's in the group facilitating those conversations and then having fun icebreaker games or just little exercises. We try to do that. We have a really great MC. Her name's Charity Lighten. She always does like a fun exercise where she makes people stand up and sit down based on where they're living and then like running around. And I think, I think that's a really important thing to just break that tension because people are nervous. You can kind of feel it when people first get there. As amazing and fun as we make our event, it's still there. And it's been every event I've ever been to in my life. I think that's just a part of event going. And so as soon as people just kind of loosen up and realize, hey, I can be myself, this isn't scary, you know, because people are, are nice. And I think we're all in the same shoes, really thinking like, oh, I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. But realizing everyone else feels the same way. And then just really encouraging like your community that already is established to be like, hey, this is important to us. We really want to make everyone feel welcome. Will you find somebody else to take under your wing or, you know, having that be part of your icebreaker game is, hey, underneath your seat, you have a card you need to go find somebody, you know, two seats left of you. You have to go talk to them. I like the way of kind of forcing those interactions. Mm -hmm. Most people at these events are very nice and very pleasant people. It's mm -hmm. that being the one to break the ice is the hard part. But once it's broken, it's almost everyone that I've ever met at a food blogger conference is a wonderful individual to, to hang out and talk to. And I love your point of using the Facebook group. That was one that I saw someone posted like, I have no one to go to dinner tonight. Do any of you like cats? Like there was like 30 responses came in. It's always like, there's too many people here. Like, I don't like cats. I like dogs. Who wants to go to the dog table with me? There's already <laughs> enough people going to the cat table. And that was like another 30 people. And they were all people that didn't know each other, but it was, that was just enough to say, I'm by myself. If you're by yourself and you like X, let's go hang out. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Someone talked about setting goals. I think it might've been Andrew Wilder from NerdPress talked about setting goals for himself and because he's introverted and he goes to conferences and he says like, I just want to, I'm going to speak to five people a day. I'm going to go up and say, hi, I'm Andrew and shake their hand. And I'm going to do that five times per day at the conference. And he said, doing that just drastically changed it because he now like had a task that he was forced to do. And he wasn't like, judging who to talk to or like he was just like I have to talk to this person because I said I would and he said that's opened up a lot of new connections for him just doing that that's a really good idea we love Andrew I like he's a great guy yeah been fun getting to know him a little bit as well I, I use him for my blog and I know Abby does too he's my monthly in blog insurance <laughs> <laughs> nice. oh well, yeah he Andrew Casey and yeah, Andrew Casey and Arson from Top Hat Rank, we did an SEO mastermind with them. So they I call them our SEO dream team. So it's been fun to get to know them because yeah, I feel like I know Andrew well enough now that I'm like, oh, he's introverted. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah. for those relationships, it's not just brands, it's with the people and with our speakers. Mm -hmm. We oftentimes if you become a tastemaker speaker, you're in because then come the mastermind that has to do with the topic that you're speaking on, we're going to remember like, Oh, we're going to call them. They're the best. So, yeah. And I like that point too. And to bring that up, I think it's really important that the speakers are very friendly and extroverted as well. And not to say that everyone has to be an extrovert, but I think that goes a long way because I've been to some events before where, you know, the speakers weren't, really excited to engage with people or they came and they they did their presentation and they just left and so i just i think that's a really important piece of as a conference planner making sure that your speakers are there to network and really realize and embody your value and for us that looks like community and really vet them because people can have a very different personality on instagram than they do in real life do you know someone who's heard them speak in real life and is it different than the 15 second stories that they do on instagram mm -hmm. <laughs> That was one of the big changes for me when it came to conferences is when I realized that it was all just like me being weird <laughs> that because I was a, I was a speaker for a conference. I was like, okay, as part of my role as speaker, like I need to like say hi to people and like make mm -hmm. the organizers look good. Like that's like, they're trusting me with their fans. Mm -hmm. And so like I introduced myself to people and I'd walk up to people and midway through, I was like, why didn't I normally do this? Like, 
just because I wasn't a speaker didn't mean that I couldn't do exactly what I'm doing now. Like everyone's still very nice. And like, that was that tipping point for me that it was, it was just a way that I was approaching the event and nothing else. And I was so much more outgoing. I yeah. went back to my room at the end and like crashed because I was drained from, from talking to people. Yeah. It's totally a mindset thing. Like really when you, it comes down to it, it's a mindset. And I think realizing like I have value, I'm allowed to take up space and I'm allowed to like make friends and, you know, be scared because I have something to offer. And I think sometimes a lot of people maybe are scared because they're new and they feel like, you know, what do I have to add here? But we are very big proponents of like you all matter and you all have something interesting um, to put forth and bring to this community. Even if it has nothing to do with food blogging, we've had people who've become friends who have like helped each other through health crises and all sorts of things just on a personal level that, you know, they were able to like overcome. Or for example, we had somebody come to our SEO mastermind who was able to get in contact with somebody who's, who is an immigration attorney and they were able to help their really close family friends, you know, help this adoption process. And, and you know, they wrote me this personal email saying tastemaker is so much more than just the education that you're getting there because our coming here was an answer to, you know, this family's prayer and our prayer, their Christian family. And so like, it's really, it's impacted our life and it's impacted our friends' lives. And so I think, I think that's a really amazing thing to consider too. Well, and like Abby said, you have something to offer no matter what. For example, our presenting title sponsor, when we started talking about our community and, and how the levels of bloggers we have involved, they're like, yeah, you know, we're only interested in the little, smallest bloggers. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. sounds good, because that's a totally new direction for us. Usually our presenting title sponsor is like, woohoo, big bloggers, you know? And it was really fun because they were specifically looking, it's all recipes looking to build out their all-stars team and they did not want, they wanted micro influencers, which is so fantastic to change it up. And, and so you have a place and I promise you, many of the sponsors are looking for you. It's, it is amazing how that you don't need a huge audience. If you're in a specific niche or if you're doing a, trying to accomplish a specific thing, you don't need a big audience. And then just like you're saying, Abby, the, the, a lot of the interactions and the connections, like I'm friends with so many people from conferences, not because I was talking to Lori about her like beer bread. It's because we were talking about the photography and the zebras that live by her house and, you know, what her husband does. And we were having interpersonal connections, not just, mm -hmm. you know, here's the recipes I do. What, you know, what WordPress theme do you use? Like it's so much you just you're you're interacting on a human level which really forges those connections mm -hmm. don't be afraid to be vulnerable it's kind of an mo i live by yes it's terrifying but the more you do it the easier it gets and mm -hmm. so when you realize that it almost never backfires <laughs> yep yeah, that was one of my goals a few years ago is to start sending like thank you notes that i generally wouldn't send or just like compliments to people that i know if i saw something and the first year or two i was always like do i really want to send like hey you did a great job and like the response from them was always like, oh, I, I didn't think anyone noticed that. Thank you. Like I had, I needed to hear that and no one had said it. And there was never any downside. It's, it's really powerful if you open up to people, just what difference you could make that tell them things that they needed to hear that you didn't even realize they were, they were even concerned about. Mm -hmm. I love that. What are some ways that food bloggers can work together? You know, we just talked about why building your network is so important. What are like if you meet other food bloggers you're interested in doing more with, how do you work together to kind of move each other's blogs forward? Oh man, there are so much. There's we could devote an entire <laughs> podcast to this on its own another time. But I am a really big fan, and I, I was talking to Megan from Eat Blog Talk last week on um, about this and coining the term being a group printer because I know solopreneur and getting after the hustle and doing everything on your own is so popular. But I think in my own personal experience, and I don't want to speak for Chandis, but I think this is probably applicable to you too. My blog didn't grow in the direction I wanted it to until I started making relationships with people and investing in them and, and working together with them. So, you know, that can look like, you know, 
like for example, if you're trying to boost your SEO, having you know people go comment, make your make your recipes, comment and rate them for you, providing backlinks to each other so that you can increase your backlink profile and just you know elevate your SEO that way. I mean that's one way, but I I really am a fan of finding other bloggers who are like-minded like me or just content creators in general and saying, hey, what's a project we can do together? What's a really cool way that we can make money, but also give back to the community and do something that's creatively fulfilling. So, you know, for example, I decided to start a food blogging conference. That might be a little ambitious for most people, but like, you know, and I looked to Chandice and to Aaron from Meaningful Eats who introduced us and Susie and Todd from Hey Girl Hey have also been a huge integral part of helping us grow it too as a member of our board, you know, and using them to say, hey, let's bring our, our forces and our expertises together to do this. And, you know, or like my cookbook, for example, I was able to meet, she used to be an editor for a major publishing house, but she also started her own blog and has her own expertise. And so, you know, I proposed to her, why don't we try to create a cookbook together? And because all these things, I couldn't have done them alone. There was no way. And they have been the impetus for the biggest life-changing things for me financially, pro- you know, professionally, personally, just on a fulfillment level. And so, you know, I, I, I say that find your zone of genius and then come up with a product or an event or um, anything that you, like you said earlier, you really want to focus on and you want that to be your end goal. Pair up with somebody and you don't need to do it on your own. Do it with someone else. Mm-hmm. This has happened over years for me when I was working with Mark Cuban with the sports events doing the celiac awareness night that came about because of my business partner at the time he and I were wanting to do I started gluten-free started gluten-free calendar and it was like getting events all the gluten-free events when gluten-free was really starting to come out community-wise and he's like you know we're talking to Mark Cuban over here with the this gluten-free find me gluten-free app we should talk to him about doing this too. And I was like, yes. Okay. You tell me who I need to talk to. Let's do this. And, and it was so great because it was another business that then said, Hey, I think you'd be a great fit for this. Let's do this. And that's happened numerous times. Like you said, like Abby said, with us here with tastemaker, just for example, I've started doing gluten-free sourdough and I looked to Kelsey, who is an amazing I don't even do you remember simple life by Kels. She's like a sourdough. She's aficionado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sourdough whisperer. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, you know what? This is so great. Cause so many people in my community have asked for gluten-free sourdough and I don't want to embark on that journey. So let's do that. Let's partner together. And that was small scale. And you know, Aaron and I from meaningful eats, she's the one who introduced Abby and I, and she and I, to this day, we talk on Marco Polo every single morning. <laughs> like every day. And it's like, what are you doing today? And this year for 2021, we decided we are committing to two posts a week and we're going to do it. And every week when I'm like, I have to answer to Aaron, I better do those two posts. And it's good. It's good for me to have those people. And, and I encourage you to find those people in your life, find another blogger who may Aaron and I are not in the same category blogging, by the way, her page views are way more than mine, but she's a good person. And she said, I do not look at that. I look at you as you contribute to me as much as I contribute to you. And so find a good person who has the same values and goals as you do, and then keep each other accountable, share the goals. We travel, we'll travel now, like once a year, not right now, but when we can, and go somewhere together and do a little blogger retreat and be like, okay, let's work on blog posts. Let's do goals. Let's go eat at good places. And Abby and I do that too. I miss traveling with Abby because we do the same thing on tastemaker side, on a business side. Let's go. Let's brainstorm. That's our favorite mm-hmm. thing together is brainstorm. And it's mm-hmm. not virtually. <laughs> right. Yeah. So events, products, accountability partners. I mean, there are so many things you can do with other bloggers. Yeah. Yeah, and finding someone who like it. I know Susie's partnered with people because she's the grill gal, but she is not the baker gal. And she said that. So she likes when bakers will be like, hey, I would love to, like, let's cross. I'll promote some of your dinner recipes and you help share some of my dessert recipes. I love the idea of accountability. That's huge. And a lot of us are lacking. And just having someone that, like, you do your most of your work by yourself and having someone else that is going through the same things and be able to discuss it. It doesn't matter about page views or reach. It's just saying like, 
I was trying to do this recipe and I failed because of this, or, you know, my family was in the way or this came up, so I couldn't do this. And having someone that's like, oh yeah, that happens to me. I get what you're talking about because we have a similar job is, it's a big mental release, I think, for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And not only will those people be your accountability, but I will tell you when I had to go to the hospital a year ago when my, my water broke at 23 weeks and I was put in the hospital for six weeks with four babies at home with their daddy, my my friends, Abby and Aaron jumped right in. I'm not going to cry, but they jumped right in and they're like, they knew it was my busiest time of year. I do a big event every December and they literally like, what can we do? And Aaron had messaged and then Abby messaged and literally they made photograph. They made my food, my recipes that I created. They photographed them for me. They sent me the photographs so I could pop them into blog posts because I couldn't get off that hospital bed. They literally they literally did anything I needed. And I was so thankful for that, those friends and those community. And I, I can't imagine how blogging would be without that. So I encourage you to find those people. Finding that support network. Like if you, if you have a regular job, you generally have work friends that you see around the office and you meet and working from home, you don't get that. And I think it's very important to cultivate that, you know, both in your industry and without in a lot of cases, having hobbies is, is a very good thing, but cultivating that network of people that get it and understand your stressors. And, you know, like Abby was saying, that can help with projects that you can say, I want to do this. I don't know how to do it. Does anyone else want to do something? Mm -hmm. And once you open up that kind of collaborative mindset, it is shocking how many connections and interactions start happening that it is just, Oh, well, I know someone that does this and I know someone that does that. And, projects start pooling together very quickly. And the more you talk, the more you find out that like this person loves being on video and hates editing. This person hates being on video, but loves editing. And you don't like either one, but you like conceptualizing the scripts and like the sales pages. Mm -hmm. You should work together and you have like the perfect video course. It's, but you'd never come yep. up with that if you just look at what they put out because our, our end result is not indicative of who we are as bloggers or what we like doing in a lot of cases. I love that. That's so true. Yeah. That's a good quote. <laughs> I, I'll try to cut, cut that out. <laughs> later. You, can, you don't have to, big events are a great place to meet people. And I encourage those in virtual events. But then when you find those people, take a little blogger retreat every year, plan a retreat with your five people that are your people and go and, brainstorm and and write posts and photograph together and that fulfills you in a when you're a virtual job that physical connection fulfills you and keeps you going and doing what you're doing which is why we created tastemaker full <laughs> circle sounds like the perfect sentiment to end it on find your support network if you don't have one yet a great place to do it is at the upcoming virtual tastemaker conference the live tastemaker conference coming after that for more on Tastemaker, you can head to tastemakerconference.com. For more from Chandice, you can go to thisvivaciouslife.com. And for more from Abby, you can go to thisbutterhalf. Thebutterhalf.com. Thebutterhalf. I really appreciate the two of you coming on, sharing your expertise. I learned a lot. I'm sure all my listeners are going to learn a lot as well. So thank you. Thank you, Jason. Well, thank so you for having us. It was great being here. And thanks for everyone in the comments listening and asking questions. Remember, you can join us live every Thursday when we record these episodes. You can ask the guest questions, talk to the other bloggers in the comments, and even see our smiling faces. So join us Thursdays at makethatbacon.com slash live or search for Make and Bacon on your favorite podcast platform. This has been Make and Bacon. We're all about helping you serve your fans, grow your income, and get the most out of your blog. Till next time, I'm Jason Logston. See you next Thursday. <laughs>